welcome to our podcast with Emma and Julie, where parenting is at the heart of what we do. Rewind, reset, renew. Welcome to season two podcast, where today we're interviewing Jan McFarlane, who wrote her book called Positive Psychology for Healthcare Professionals, a toolkit for improving well-being. Good morning, Jan. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak about my book. Oh, it's absolutely privileged to, to have you here. And honestly, we want to find out as much about you. So I've worked with you for a number of years, haven't I, Jan? You're going back, go back some for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want to really tell our ages, but, you know, we do go back to many, many years of teaching in a, in a local uh, college. But, Jan, for everybody else, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your background so we can get an idea of where you've been and, and what your journey's been like? Of course. So um, at the age of 18, I left Wales and I went to North Manchester General to start my generalness training. I've always been interested in working with people and I spent a good many years there. And at the time it was very, very, um, it was one of those things whether you went to midwifery or psychiatry after your training and I chose psychiatry. So I then went to do my registered mental health nursing down at Withington. So I've always had a history of working with people and understanding about strengths and talents and needs and areas of concern. And what I thought really that wasn't very much of a balance or a focus on people's positive attributes, but dealing with ill people and dealing with sick people, that took priority, which was absolutely right and proper. After my nursing career, I then went into education. And again, I noticed that with students, we focus very much on their education, but very often, maybe this was because it reflected on myself, you haven't got a maths GCSE and you need to do better here. And, and what else can you do to improve? Which is right, but there wasn't the same focus on saying, but you're really great at this. You're really brilliant at that. That was amazing. And I think that was one of the links that I found with you, Julie, in doing yeah. your course. Although you come from a business background and I'm from yeah. health, what we linked with was this joyousness and savouring and actually promoting people's abilities yeah. but there didn't seem to be so much of a niche market then it wasn't I think it was really sort of early on wasn't it and probably the word growth mindset wasn't even in there but no. that's something we really focused on as like pastorally didn't we and for each other and our own well-being for sure and, and uh, that was sort of the start of it over 20 odd years, years ago let's you're quite right though we didn't have the lexography or the other words or, or the capacity to actually think that this was a thing it was just something that I felt was probably quite innate so years after that, I worked in the University of Bolton, which is where I work now. And part of that role was to um, start a PhD. That was something that was never on my horizon. So that was quite scary and exciting at the same time. And how I came to this was literally starting my job there. I was networking. I didn't know many people. And I saw a poster on the wall that said Positive Psychology Group. So I thought, let's give it a go and see what's happening. And in that group, although I didn't stand, understand half what people were talking about, I felt as though I'd linked again with people who were like-minded and they were talking about things yeah. like growth and positivity yeah. and well-being. And it was just something that I was naturally attracted to. So I went to the group meetings quite regularly, got to know names, got to put um, people's sort of student viewpoints over and academics viewpoints over. And that was the topic that I chose for my PhD. And as you said, there was no looking back after that. I, I'm just sort of in awe of you now, Jan. Honestly, yeah, the journey you've been on has been absolutely amazing. And you're making such an impact and writing that book too. So, well, thank you. As I said, you don't know what the end point's going to be and we still don't. But my passion... Although being in nursing and caring for clients and students, what it seems to me now is that my real interest is in caring for the well-being of staff. 
That's mm. where my focus is. And that's exactly where Emma is in our setting, talking yeah. to our staff and looking after not only our parents, our children, our staff, and that holistic approach to that well-being. So, you know, if everybody's happy and we're all on the same page, we can make a difference. So, yeah, I feel these skills and the knowledge is very transferable. So although my route has been down the academic way, although I didn't perceive that, I've managed to develop a range of a suite of papers in um, academic journals for nurses. I've now completed my PhD and I've designed courses where they involve well-being for students, students, those that work in the healthcare professionals. And now I'm teaching on the psychology courses at Bolton University to the MSc students because they have a specialist centre there for positive psychology, which is wonderful because the nearest one outside of Bolton is in Anglia and also wow. one in London. So I've really got a jewel in the crown there. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. So it might sound like it's a daft question, but what inspired you to write the book? Um, probably my own experience because of autoethnography. You know, why do we get to where we're going? I think health and social care probably attracts people for a range of reasons. And um, I suppose it was it's a self-reason to say that people talk about well-being and policies, but what I find, it doesn't always happen in practice for staff mm. it might be written but yeah. actually the doing bit um because it means investments it means time but i believe that actually doing that means you have a happier workforce and therefore a better to care for clients or better to care for students if you are valued and allowing uh, having time allowed for you to self-care i suppose but sometimes that's seen as a luxury not a necessity i know i know so tell us jan about positive psychology what actually is it Positive psychology is, I say, a fairly new term, but we are going back 20 years. Mm -hmm. And the term positive psychology was actually coined by a psychologist uh, called Abraham Maslow. Some people might have heard uh, of him. Yeah. Well, hierarchy Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that was in that, the late 50s. But Seligman, Martin Seligman, who's known as the father of positive psychology, nicked it because he said actually it was ideal for what their purposes were. And positive psychology is a branch of psychology that's growing. It's the most uh, fastest growing branch currently and what it was was kind of harnessing a lot of uh, ethics a lot of beliefs a lot of un understanding even going back to Aristotle about the good life but actually looking at it from a scientific perspective and that was the key to it so it's still relatively new in the area of psychology if we go back to Freud and uh, Skinner and all those well-known Bandura that mm. they have been around for many years positive psychology is still quite embryonic but it's what's showing scientifically that if people actually choose to use their personal agency and use some of the techniques, then their improvements in well-being can be measured. Okay. And that is very, very convincing for me. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Agree with all that, don't we? So in terms of your book, it's a fantastic read and I've been using it and I know we're going to be using some of those top tips in our workshops, aren't we, Emma? Yes. But for us, it's what do you, can you tell our listeners, what are the main key points of the book? Mm, okay, well, there's many there. But what I would say about positive psychology for myself, I think people may be reading about it in books and newspapers and journals and it's not about being happy all the time. That is unrealistic and I think that sometimes gives people the wrong impression. For me, it's very much about a balance. How we actually harness our negative and our positive experiences and keep that balanced because is that not part of the human condition? And I think for most of us, I'm a parent as well as a teacher, as well as an educationalist and a nurse. And I feel that, you know, for you working in your, your area, that really most parents, all they want is for their children to be happy and healthy. Absolutely. 
And I think post-COVID has changed the world immeasurably. And we know that with all the stats, children are suffering a lot of mental health and anxiety problems. But what I like about positive psychology, it's not about working with people who are ill. It's also about working with people who are well. And we need to, re we need to sort of concentrate on that. And I think that as a parent, I feel that being able to role model some of these techniques or to absorb them or to bring awareness to them or to learn about them can only help but improve perhaps connection within the family and be aspirational. And, you know, let's enjoy it. Have fun. It's not meant to be it's serious. It's and about flourishing and enjoying life. That's right. And that, that connection, that's why we came with a time to connect, really, our terms of our yeah, podcast, did, yeah. because that connection is absolutely essential. Whatever age you are, we all need connection. It's adaptable. Um one thing that was in the book, and it's not a topic as such, but is the, the term neuroplasticity, mm, which you'll have that. come yeah, across. Do, yeah. So sometimes that can be the most convincing thing for people. Some of the, the students that I work with, they like the neuroplasticity side of it. Other people might be thinking, well, what does that mean? Yeah. And really what it means is that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. I believe for many years that once you got to maturity, that was it. Yeah. Your brain was set. And we know that that isn't the case now, yeah, that the brain is malleable change. and we can change all the time if we want to. However, behaviour change is very difficult. Mm. And for anybody who's tried to stop smoking or tried to lose weight or tried to increase their exercise, we know that the first couple of weeks are quite exciting and quite joyous. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of like drip off a little bit. <laughs> and, that, and that's the same with these exercises, yeah. you know, that really it's little and often that's the key and finding ones that align with what's your natural, your natural talents and the ones you're naturally interested in. So neuroplasticity is about the ability, which we all have if we choose to use it, is to strengthen the neurons that are in our brain so if we concentrate on negative things those neurons will grow and grow yeah. and grow yeah. what we need to do is concentrate on positive things to strengthen yeah. those neural pathways like your memory card for the other there. ones to reduce absolutely yeah. so we need to think about the way that we respond to events so we have parts in our brain that naturally react when we're under stress or anxiety most people will have heard of the fight or flight yeah, or freeze, yeah, freeze syndrome. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a very common one. And what we need to do is perhaps look at reducing those responses with the adrenaline and the cortisol that's whizzing around the body, attacking all ourselves, and perhaps look at forming more healthy pathways where we can increase oxytocin and serotonin and the happy hormones. Absolutely. And that's that's possible if we choose to do so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So in your book, tell us about the chapters about Character strength, maybe. Okay. So the book was published in June. It was published on June the 5th, and I was 63 on that date. It's just the way it worked out, wow. but I thought that was kind of cute. I started writing it a year ago, so everything that's in the book is the most up-to-date evidence as best as I can find it. So yeah. we know that it's up to date. And in the book, there are a range of chapters. Now, you mentioned character strengths, and I'm really glad that you've mentioned that one because that's one of my favourite ones. <laughs> I think it's a really good place to start. Yeah. What are character strengths? Well, the um, leading researcher in that area is a man called Ryan Nemec, and he's built on the, on, the, on the work of Seligman and Peterson. So character strengths are a range of 24 strengths that they have identified that all human beings possess. Now, the key here is strengths, 1 to 24. And they range in a variety of areas. So love, honesty, perspective, humour, perseverance. And they have shown in scientific um, endeavour that they are transferable across gender and across culture and across age. So this is something I was attracted to because I thought that if we're looking at positive psychology, for me, the first point is to be self-aware of the strengths that you have. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, which, yeah, which is one of the key pieces of work that I do with clients is recognizing what their values are, which yeah, is the similar yeah. thing to the it strengths. Is, yeah. And if you say to somebody in a an interview for a job, and it's a common one, Julie, you'll probably use it. Tell <laughs> us what your strengths are. You this <laughs> Tell us what your strengths are. And people will say, well, I like working with people and, you know, and, 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 and I'm good in a team. Um, but sometimes people find it really, really difficult to say what they're good at. They mm. can they can give you a list of what they're not good, good at. Yeah, but, but how lovely to be able to say, well, actually, my strengths are, mm. and this is what I can give. Yeah. And that's yeah. about knowledge and self-awareness. Um, bearing in mind that every strength that we have, and Seligman has identified this as having a shadow side, because you can overplay a strength yeah. and you can underplay a strength. Yeah. And yeah. it's getting what I would call the golden mean of that balance mm -hmm. again. So um, the VIA online survey is something that anybody can tag into on Google. It's free, you know, so you don't need to buy anything. And it's an educational resource that anybody who goes onto that, all the data is kept, big data, and it's used for research. So it's a very honourable organisation. And at first, it might seem that the list of questions seem endless, but really you're reading them and ticking them. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the computer churns up your answers and gives you a free um, out profile of your strengths from one to 24 so sometimes people will say gosh that's exactly me i, that, I can see that could use that in our appraisal absolutely yeah. and some people would say well, it's a bit like reading your zodiac sign in it well okay i think that skepticism is good i think with anything in scientific devil we should always have that other side yeah. what they say is with the strengths concentrate on your top five and they're known as signature strengths and sometimes when you get your strengths back you'll think well i'm surprised that's not it for instance when i did mine i had love and I had perseverance, and I had love of learning, and I've done those every single year, and they're always there. So they're clearly part yeah. of me. I've had others that have come in. So one year, honesty was in, and the next year it wasn't. What well, you could say, does that mean I'm not honest anymore? <laughs> well, you know, what it means is I think that's about contextual things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in terms of relationships, at one point, honesty was really important to me to demonstrate that and to receive that of somebody. Um, another year, there was uh, gratitude in, and that was the year that I started gratitude journaling because I wanted to try it. Because I don't, it's not for me to say, this is what you should do. Mm. I've, had go, I've, I've had a go at these yeah. to say, yeah. and, and I bought myself a cheap calendar, cheap diary, yeah. um, when it was in the, the bin in January, and I filled in something every single day, and it might have been, this is a great sunset, or yeah. I've met a really interesting yeah. person today, or, you know, I listened to the wind in the trees, it can be as poetic or as sensible yeah. as you wish, and I did that for a year and when I did my VI strengths gratitude was in my top five and you said yeah. to gratitude every day and that's something we really, really little, believe in and it's little and often educating yeah. our children absolutely and, and I think for me the, the, it leads us on to one of the next chapters the gratitude part obviously because my thing was I was negative about six or seven years ago feeling really negative always finding the problems and you're saying mm. about neuroplasticity and the brain mm -hmm. and I and it, I was thinking negative I was acting negative my face was miserable I was mm. just in a really a big state of just negative it's a spiral this spiral that, yeah. and I just thought right I'm going to do gratitude now and I mm. must have read about it somewhere yeah. so this is about six years ago um three Little things are just bullet point. Yeah. Three yeah. things I was grateful for, and it was always seemed to be coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I know I ended up writing Mine's definitely coffee. not coffee. And, and I actually still love coffee, but it's about being grateful for connection with people. That's a yeah. big thing for me. That's one of my top yeah. ones. Love and connection, health yeah. and um, well-being. Yeah. All those things yeah. there that I'm grateful for, that I'm able mm -hmm. to be and have. Yeah. 
and I've continued it, so I still do it now. Not three, I do more than that now. Absolutely. Just I still stick with three. I always stick I with three. I think three is a good number. And I like but, that. But and, I, and, and it's important, yeah. isn't it? And I think it's just remembering that there are things, no matter how you're feeling and what's happening in your life, there are always things to be grateful for. Yeah. I think you can, again, you go with what your your um, particular preference is, but three is easy to remember. You know, mm. it's, it's a good adverti advertising slogan yeah. campaign. Yeah. And three is manageable for people to, to, do. To, to, to do. So in terms of character strengths, what about the shadow side? Um, which I think is important before we move on to gratitude. Yeah, yeah. Because, so mine's love, love of people. I love being with people and I like getting love of people and I'm happiest with my family and friends. The overplaying could be that I want to be in touch with you all the time and I'm ringing you up and I want to be with you and you're thinking, gosh, she's on the phone again. You know, so you've got to be mindful that just because yeah. it's your strength that other people might not see it that, yeah. that way. Mm. And I think that's all part of the, the self-awareness of it. And one of the activities as well as doing your own, because I think that's your, your baseline, if you mm. will. So it'd be interesting if you haven't done the character strengths to do it, because I guess, you know, I'm assuming that gratitude might be well up there. Yeah. And you might be surprised yeah. if it isn't. Yeah. But also what's a really good skill in terms of parenting and working where you are is identifying strengths in others. Yeah. So you could say, mm -hmm. I really noticed that when you show bravery there in that instance, mm -hmm. you know, I could tell that was difficult for you, but mm -hmm. that was really impressive the way that you went about that. Mm -hmm. And how lovely to spot strengths in others. So as a, as a real life example, one of the people in my class, one of the, the um, healthcare associates, she went back to work and she talked to people on the ward about what she'd been doing, which was gratifying from my perspective. And the staffness on the ward really picked up on it. And what she got was all the team to do their character strengths. Wow. And what she did was take the top five, great team building thing, and she put it on a poster and coloured it. So when the staff come into the office, it's not just a notice board or jobs to do or yeah, policies. Like what they're greeted with every morning is their staff's top five strengths. Love that. And I think it was a Brilliant. really lovely idea. And that's good for like even family values where sometimes you, you're trying to mix merge families, you get step parents mm. working together, don't you, with mm. bringing different children in. That would be something really nice to remind you all you're all strong at something. What a nice present to give somebody. Oh, yeah. Staff member, you know, this is your top five strengths. Mm. You know, and, and but to make make a thing of it. What yeah. how lovely to receive that. Because we did something similar, didn't we, in a team meeting? Yeah. Do you remember yeah, yeah. last I think it was this year, in it? Yeah, we did in our vision day. Yeah. And, and it that was, was we, I wrote to them, didn't I? I wrote to every member of staff a little letter of what I felt they were good at and what they brought to my team. And I put it in a little envelope, in a, a nice little envelope, wrote on it. And because, like you say, sometimes we're very quick, aren't we, to judge? We're busy in a day and things might go wrong and you don't always stop to say, well done, I really liked how you did that. And actually you bring so much to my team. And sometimes people need, everybody needs everybody that. Needs, yeah. Everybody needs Just to hear that. Just thank you. Thank you for being yeah. part of my team. Yeah. And, and, and I appreciate you. Yeah. And a yeah. team needs to have different strengths. It's no good if we're all good at the same thing. No, So absolutely. the beauty of it is that they are all strengths now if you were thinking actually i would love you because my human wasn't in my top five and i'm thinking hmm, well i'd definitely put you down for humor <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, yeah, I know. you would have caught with me otherwise when i looked at humor and actually realized what it was i could still see why the ones that were the other five were stronger than humor mm. now pete's mm. got my husband's got humor in his yeah. and when i looked at the definition the way it played out i thought yeah i can see that you know that yeah. actually can see why it's in his and not with Mm, me yeah. but bear in mind they're all strengths so if, if so the research would suggest that if you want to improve your well-being and flourishing you work on your top five signature strengths because those are the ones that are naturally aligned to you however if you want to raise the game you can choose one lower down the list and mm. work on that one if that's what you want yeah. you know you've got a really good variety there but give it time it's not going to happen overnight 
but it's free, it's effective, it's fun. And you can challenge it. You can go, well, no, I think that should, I'm going to work on that instead. Yeah. And that's okay because it opens discussion. Yeah. 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 Gratitude, you were saying, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So saying about gratitude, the link about my well-being, your top five, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to say, yeah, yeah, to see what that, that would be. And yeah. I said, I do it every year because I'm a little bit like that. But because I teach the module every year, it's always a reminder. And I always put it on the slide to share with people. This is me. I've done it too. Let's yeah. see what yours is. Like so I'm not just like. preaching, if you will. And you I know, think that's because that's a management team and, you know, for that, and like you say, sharing it at home. Let's just get through the next couple um, in terms of like maybe mentioning kindness and things yeah. like that. All right. Just so some top tips okay. there. So we've done the counting our blessings. We're just saying it's an activity for parents because yeah. otherwise yeah. it can be like the book because that's yeah. for healthcare professionals. So gratitude would be just the table. Like, so what went well with you today? What were you thankful for today in school? What was yeah. it that really made you happy? And just yeah. taking that time. For yeah, because parents sometimes conversation. say, um, what did you do at school today? Mm. And they say, nothing. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't want to talk about nothing. it. <laughs> Very often, <laughs> yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. What did you have for, for your lunch? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. So it's mm -hmm. those key, really, those you're, key questions, isn't it? The language. The language yeah. that you So use. what were you grateful for today? What was something that really happened? So it's using those kind of questions to open up the conversation and to reinforce the is look the right word the fortune that we have you know we can see things on the news that brings us down particularly at the moment but mm. being able to find that bit but for today I was grateful that I was in a safe space I was grateful today that I got a lift to work you know I was mm. grateful yeah. for the opportunity to be chosen for the school play or whatever it may be but it's to bring that conversation out yeah. um, and I think things like but they're a family scrapbook so putting things in that people can refer back to in terms of memories I think mm. is quite a nice idea and the one that you mentioned scientifically has been shown to be the most productive where say write a letter people don't write letters these no, days do yeah. they you know they, no. they might text but what they've shown is writing to somebody and saying i really appreciate it was a friend because so making making something yeah. individual mm. and, and sending it or even better being there in person you know that is one of the strongest ways of improving well-being yeah. but that might be a bit too much for people so texting's okay you go mm, at your yeah. level how lovely to receive that yeah. Uh, one of my friends uses postcards and she'll maybe in Manchester and she's at the art gallery or she's on a trip somewhere and she'll say, hiya Jan, saw this thought of you. And that's all she does and she posts it. Brilliant. And it's lovely to receive that yeah. because yeah. I know that I've been thought been of. Thought about. And I know that she's grateful for our friend. Well, I assume she's great for our friendship. We've known each other since we've been 18. <laughs> but it's just a real lovely, yeah. lovely note, really lovely note. Yeah. So again, do what you will, be creative, but do do it. And it's so simple to create such a feeling of fulfillment mm. and flourishing. Mm. Brilliant. We always do, don't we? So it's nice to meet you. Thanks for yeah. stuff. We have a little walk around and we, we do. have a little cup of coffee and buy each other stuff. Yeah, and, we do. But just, like, just, nice yeah. And, just nice and fun. And then sometimes nice you give me something, a little envelope yeah, that I open right. in the card, yeah. something nice inside. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and again, I might send a text every so often just to give you a lift up, how things going, I'm here for you. And it's that, isn't it? It's that, can, again, we go back to that connection. Well, is this not gratitude now that we're yeah. doing this? It's a thank Absolutely, you for yeah. recognising what I've yeah. Yeah, what we've yeah, done. Yeah. So gratitude, marvellous. So moving on to kindness. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? It's one of the 24 character strengths. No, some people are naturally kinder than others, it must be said. And working in healthcare, you know, we'd like people to be kind, wouldn't we? Mm. When I did my research with the um, nurse associates and other students, I got about three or 400 participants. And when we put all their character strengths into the mix and brought it out, kindness was one of the top five. And that was very gratifying because we want that in healthcare people. So yeah. kindness was there. But it might not be in somebody else's list, but that doesn't mean you're not kind. It just mm. means you've got other strengths that would be your signature strengths. Yeah. And character strengths, um, kindness rather, is one of those things that when we do, we get it back in spades. 
That pay it give forward. you receive. That's what we say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And and we are what we give. So giving kindness, acts of kindness. The thing with kindness is it's got to be to be most effective. It's got to be spon- spontaneous, I suppose. Yeah. Um, as, and it can be planned, but it needs to be authentic. That's the yeah. point. Mm. It's no good giving something to hope to receive something back because in that lies disappointment. Yeah. And people can get something back. and people can often tell that. Yeah. Um, so kindness. I mean, Christmas is a couple of months off, but you know the feeling that oh gosh, they brought me a present. I better get them something back. You know, that's not kindness, that's mm. that's obligation. Yes. So kindness in yeah. its truest authentic self, when it's spontaneous or you want to do something, but you're not expecting anything back. Mm-hmm. So one of the acts for that would be to perform, think of a week and think, actually, choose a day. Today I'm going to focus on doing five spontaneous kind acts. And then look at how you feel that night in your gratitude journaling mm. and you can only hope that that's being passed on by other people. And we know that this reduces stress. We'll, we'll move on because yeah. we, we've obviously got the last one was hope, but we can't really go into too much of that. But really, I think for hope, maybe can you give us a take, just one take home for parents that they could think of about in terms of hope? What does that give people? One thing for hope. Okay, well, well hope is action orientated, so different kinds of hope, um, depends on people's spiritual background and beliefs. But in terms of realistic hope, it's setting goals that are manageable and it's being able to measure those goals and appreciate the the, the progress that people have made. It's about developing an optimistic outlook as opposed to a pessimistic one. And I think genetically some people are pessimistic and some people are optimistic and we do need both. Um, in terms of developing, developing pessimism, a simple activity would be to say to you two now, think of three good things that happened to you today. Can you, you think of you three? walking through oh, the door, okay. Janice? Obviously, obviously yeah. the top of right. my list. Okay, so just think about three. <laughs> think about three. So, okay, I'm walking through the door, and hopefully, other things have happened to you nice today, or if not today, yesterday, or the day yeah. before. Mm. Yeah. Choose one, which would be the one that made you most happy recently. Well, I've been on holiday last week and having the opportunity to spend time with just me and my husband without every other child that we have in the house and all the worries of the nursery, and just being there for self-care okay so from that optimistic point of view there's hope there that you'll do that for the future that well, was... yeah, i'm already booking every <laughs> <holiday next year. laughs> is there something that to bring emma to yeah you? nature lots of um this weekend just going to the local nature reserve the weekend before doing the same thing being in nature being in fresh air mm. sunshine mm. feeling the, the warmth of the yeah. sun on your skin there's a mindfulness there as well, isn't it? Oh. About using all your senses. I can hear yeah. it in your voice. Yeah. And that means, love, we've got hope for the world. We think actually about protecting the planet. And it's a bigger thing as well, but just actually yeah. that's a lovely thing to do in building up one's optimism. And with that comes hope. It's about remembering the positive things. It's looking for the silver lining. It's being able to use positive language. Mm. It's realising that actually also things are tempering, whether something's good or whether something's bad. It won't last forever. Mm, so make the yeah. most of what we've got. Absolutely true. In, mm. in terms of take-home things, what I would say is that the first part for me is for people to be self-aware and hope that spikes interest for sure. But what I would say is that mindfulness is really important. And for some people who do, who are developing mindfulness practice, they're quite expert at it. But sometimes to sit and to breathe and to listen to the wind and feel the sun or the mm. rain and just breathe in for five and hold it and breathe out for five to centre. And if anybody's going to do any learning, it's always good to be mindful before you start the learning because it opens up your brain and puts you in a restful position. Yeah. It's no good thinking, oh my goodness, I better start doing my gratitude practice. That yeah. isn't going to yeah. work. Yeah. Gonna it's work. it's being, yeah. in, being in, in the, the right, right place. place. And mm. doing little and often is really important. 
mean, as parents, self-compassion is really important to look after ourselves because we need to look after ourselves to look after our yeah. children. So taking the time, and I've put down as one of my examples there, is taking a mindful walk in nature. We know yeah. that being outside and in touch is really, really, good, really, really good for yeah. us. So everything you've said today is all really what we're doing nursery, supporting our parents. We're doing the network groups, the time to connect. The dads matter, the mums matter. Working with our children, working with our families, and obviously the mini minds approach is actually based on all the principles you've talked about, which are in your book. So our children from the age of three to five are getting all these examples of being able to learn. Obviously, they can't journal at such a young age, mm. but they're learning to say what they're grateful for. They're learning to stop and have a moment and be mindful. They're learning about the strengths of meditation. And they're learning how positive mindset and growth mindset is important with that positive self-talk. So all the things you've talked about today are just mirror and sort of support and embed everything we're doing. And it actually makes us realise what we are doing, we're doing it right, aren't yeah, we, Yeah, it confirms everything we're doing. We, we knew it was spot on anyway, but yeah. this was even more proof as if we needed it. It's yeah. just brilliant. Another Peter the Jigsaw, isn't it? And yeah. again, it's about perfectionism. Appreciate that perfectionism is something that might be quite aspirational. It's okay, we're, it's imperfect. We'll make mistakes, we're clunky, we're people. Mm. But actually be kind to ourselves and treat ourselves as we would a good friend. Because yeah. I think often as parents, we can be really harsh on ourselves. Yeah, there's all absolutely. these demands about what we should do. And actually what you're doing is is really, really good. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. good. And... Uh, yeah, I, th I think the growth mindset is really important and seeing the, the big picture. Yeah. And uh, this all helps towards improving family dynamics and transferability. And it sounds like a really happy place where you work. I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. jealous. I'd oh, like so to work yeah, with you. you need to come back, Jen. You need to come back on me. Gives <laughs> a job. I think, so, I mean, Emma was just going to finish off yeah. if you just asked yeah, me. Yeah, so it's just about what feedback have you had from, from the book so far? It's only been June. Yeah, it's really early mm. at the moment. I know that some books have been sold hard copy. I know that some books have been downloaded. It can be bought on Amazon. Informally, people like yourselves have been really, really uh, positive about it. And um, I don't think I'm going to be putting J.K. Rowling into any sort of fit of panic <laughs> at the moment. But, you know, it's on the bookshelf. When I see it, it gives me a warm feeling inside and, and who knows what's next. Well, I know what's next. So basically, me, you and Emma are yeah. going to maybe come up with our own little book of top tips for parents. Okay. So I think that might be nice for yeah, us as I'd our like next little venture. And uh, now I've I'll held you accountable on the uh, podcast for that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, looks like that, that, that's going to be, I'll, I'll, start clearing, I'll start clearing the diary. That sounds <laughs> like a great must-do. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you for coming in today and sharing your knowledge. You're so knowledgeable and you say it in such a lovely way and it's so meaningful. And the most important thing, it's not just a book to you. This is something that is at the heart of how you Part work. Of Part of you. And you can see it. You can see it. Mm -hmm. So parents, if you haven't got the book, do you want to tell us what the book is again? Yeah. And then you can go and buy it, download it. But you need this book, guys. It's called Positive Psychology for Healthcare Professionals, a toolkit for improving well-being. But it isn't just for healthcare professionals. It's for everybody. Absolutely. And it's, it fits with everything that we're about anyway with Time to Connect. It links in so well. It's brilliant. Well, we're you, committed, Jan. aren't we, to the well-being yeah. of ourselves and others? Yeah. Nice place to be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.